health rarely begins in the doctor's office. Health starts in homes and communities and where we work and where we go to school and where we pray. So we're investing in our communities because health doesn't start at the doctor's office. We're investing in our communities because poor health is almost never just because of a person's poor choices. It's not to say no, you know, people can't contribute to their own poor health, but rarely, as we've studied it, is it absolutely true that the only thing contributing to poor health is someone's personal choices. We have to realize that a lot of the people that we serve live in communities where things actually conspire against their health. The environment they live in conspires against them actually being healthy. And we realize it's not enough just to tell people how to be healthy um, or just to support healthy living. We've got to get to the root causes of poor health if we really want to make a difference. And that's where the social determinants of health come in. Five categories that make up what we call the social determinants of health. Um, Jill, just because I'm looking at you, would you read the definition of the social determinants of health? The complex, integrated, and overlapping social structures and economic systems that are responsible for most health, and most health inequities. These social structures and economic systems include the social environment, physical environment, health services, and structural, structural and societal factors. Social determinants of health are shaped by the distribution of money, power, and resources throughout local communities, nations, and the world. And that's from the CDC. So the CDC looks at it, yes, at a local community level, but also at a nation level and the world level. This doesn't just happen here. All right, so if we start with economic stability as a social determinant of health, what do you think that might include? Jobs? Not just any old job, but at least a job. What else is relative to economics? Financial stability and or poverty, which has come up a number of times in what we've been talking about as a key factor. So jobs, money, cost of health care, and anything, I think, relative to um, what makes you insecure because you don't have money. You don't have enough money t for a house. You don't have enough money for food. It's kind of all re related to poverty. All right, so that's the economic stability part of it. How about education? How might education be a factor in uh, poor health? Poor schools, literacy. With schools, I think as, as they are trying to assess whether a community has this need, would be graduation rates from high school. We saw that one of the things that we're investing in from the community health and well-being in the video was early childhood education, which is also considered a key factor. The lack of early childhood education just sort of follows people up through the rest of their lives. Social and community context. It includes things like how involved in the community are people? How civic-minded are they? What do they think about local government, or any government for that matter? Is there discrimination, obvious discrimination of any kind? The incarceration rate actually has an effect on social and community context, that is, what percentage of the population is in jail. And then just the, the, the social fabric of the, of the whole neighborhood, if you're talking about a neighborhood, is, is it a close-knit neighborhood or not? And there's a lot of things that make neighborhoods not close-knit, but those things together are considered the social and community context. Well, in that 
kind of fits into health and healthcare in the idea of health literacy or the, the notion of what do I know about what it takes to stay healthy or do I know anything about what it or where do I get my information about what it takes to stay healthy and what else would be in health and healthcare in terms of a social determinant so it can be a cultural thing too yeah it can be absolutely and I, th it the, I think we've learned that um, cultural factors affect um, in the Arab communities when women go to the doctor they have to bring a man and the women are not supposed to disrobe in front of a strange man. So th there's a lot of challenges then to try to care for those folks based upon their cultural um, requirements. Um, vision statement says we will be the most trusted health partner for life. So what do you have to do in a community to help build that? That would be one of our challenges. Does, um, does proximity or access to services fall into that one or is that more in the... Well, I, it definitely does. A lot of this access stuff seems to kind of blend or bleed uh, across a number of these things. But literally, if there are no doctors in your neighborhood, that's a problem. Or you Especially can't get to them, right? Which is another problem. So primary care doctors or hospitals or other places to go when you're sick, if they're too far away, chances are you, and you don't have transportation, you won't avail yourselves of them. And finally, the neighborhood and built environment. The built environment around us matters. People living just a few miles apart have dramatic differences in health outcomes and life expectancy. Where we live impacts how we live. Our zip code is a better predictor of health outcomes than our genetic code. So what do you think in the neighborhood and built environment would contribute as a social determinant of health? Violence. Pardon? Violence, sure. Crime, violence. Mm -hmm. Housing. Yep, the quality of the housing specifically. Of Access to food. What about, think Flint. Um, water. water quality, yeah. air quality. Mm -hmm. the, the, the accessibility of community services of any kind, garbage pickup, um, any of the rest of those things. If you, every one of those things can have a con can make a contributing factor toward a person's health. And as we study why people aren't healthy and we go backward to the root causes, a lot of it comes from these five areas. Why wouldn't people be active in a community? As opposed they are in Portland, but why wouldn't they be somewhere else maybe? It's not safe to go outside, right? Don't have running trails. There's no place to do it, right? There's not a park or a playground or a bike trail or a anything. So, you know, what, why would you go outside? It'd be less healthy to go outside than it would stay inside. Okay? What others do come to your mind about why people aren't healthy in certain communities? Mm -hmm. But I think there's that other layer of access to good doctors mm -hmm. or, or to certain specialists that you may need. Mm -hmm. I know that um, there is a high incidence of asthma in certain parts of the country. I think, there's, I think Detroit children have a higher incidence of asthma than people across the rest of the country do. What might you think would be a contributing factor to that? Pollution. Pollution. Smoking, smokers, mm -hmm. 
Diet. Okay, now you see you're, you're making these connections, and that's great. Well, by working to establish policies that positively influence social and economic conditions and support changes in individual behavior, we can improve health for large numbers of people in ways that can be sustained over time. So it's not like putting a Band-Aid on something. It's like fixing it where it's broke. What social determinants of health might be contributing to how this is showing up in the healthcare system?